No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We have a very special episode because we are sharing a conversation in which Michael was interviewed on another industry podcast. So we're going to jump to that in just a second. First, want to just thank everyone for sharing the show. We so appreciate all the great feedback in, that we get, both in the Facebook group for the live broadcasts and on Apple Podcasts for the reviews and ratings. We really appreciate everyone that takes their time to leave a rating, to give a shout out to one of our amazing guests in their rating and their review so that other people know uh, and get a sense of what the show is like and what to expect and who the guests are. We appreciate everyone that shares it with another agent or another colleague in the business. And with that being said, let's jump into this very special episode. Yeah. So we've got a great guest, Michael Hellickson with Club Wealth, owner, CEO, founder of Club Wealth out in Seattle, a real estate coaching company. And just for those of you who don't know Michael, he has been in the business over 20 years. Um, at one point, um, selling 100 to 180 properties a month with at one point 700 active and pending. So no stranger to high volume and um, scaling uh, a big real estate business. So Michael, we're excited to have you on and yeah. uh, talk about the, uh, the things that are happening right now in the real estate world. Well, I appreciate you having me. This is uh, an honor. You guys are a big deal and uh, just uh, to be invited is a big deal. So thank you. Yeah. Hey, l l why don't we why don't we start off by um, I've got my own uh, perception of what Club Wealth is, but I want to make sure that we paint the right picture. I think Club Wealth is a coaching company. Now, I I'm one of those guys that like man, I dummy it down really low for me because then that helps me, uh, you know, think of it clearly. But is that an accurate assessment of what Club Wealth is? I want to paint the picture correctly for the audience so it, they'll understand the context that we're coming from as we as we go through the, the, the podcast. hundred percent. You're, you're right on club wealth is a coaching company that is focused and really strongly believes in one-on-one -on -one coaching for agents and for brokers by agents and brokers who produce at a higher level than the people they coach. Uh, and so every one of our coaches sells more real estate than the people they coach. If they're on the broker side, they have a bigger brokerage than the brokers that they coach. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we do have group coaching programs and we have courses and we have books and stuff like that. Uh, but man, where the rubber meat really meets the road, it's the one on one coaching. That's the stuff that moves the needle for people. Yeah. Well, cool. And that's what I, I wanted to make sure that everyone understood, because um, when I'm thinking about this conversation, uh, Michael, and you go by Michael, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sir, shoot, man. You got the thing. <laughs> I thought I put enough uh, uh, grease or whatever you call it in my hair. What do you call that stuff? <laughs> grease, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I thought I covered up. I thought I had the wet look. When I have the wet look, I don't have the gray look. Man, man, he said, sir, I didn't put enough. Anyway, you know, so. Yeah, the quarantine. Right. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. Um, so, so, Michael, my, my thought is, is I've got kind of two questions. They're very broad, but I think it can kind of shape the dialogue. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll ask them both, but we'll start with whichever one. 
um, you've got coaches that are high-level producers slash coaches. I'm really curious just to see, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're hearing within that circle? And what are the solutions? How are they attacking, um, you know, uh, you know, those challenges right now? And then, of course, you have the coaching clients that are the clients of those top producers, and they have their set of, uh, of challenges and, and their solutions that you are sharing. But let's just start with the, 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 the coaches uh, from a coaching perspective. What are some, because even top producers are challenged when there's disruption, and I'm going to call this a disruption or an interruption of our daily practice. What are some of the challenges that you've, uh, that you've heard from even the high-level coaches, producers that you're dealing with, and, and what kind of solutions are they actually uh, executing on? Well, you, you really nailed it when you talked about, you know, the, at different tiers. So we break it into tiers, right? So, you know, zero to 25 units a year is tier one, 25 to 75 is tier two and so forth on up to tier seven. That's a thousand units a year and more. And at each tier, both coaches and clients alike have very different challenges. And they're, they're very different opportunities. And, and what they're experiencing right now, while there's similarity, the way they're approaching it is often very different and it's very noticeable in the different tiers. Uh, as an example, you asked about the coaches, right? So the coaches are all actively selling real estate as well. Right. Um, and so we cap them on how many clients they can have. That said, they still have to balance selling real estate with coaching their coaching clients, with being a good family person, with all the other stuff they do in their life. And so now when you have this, this COVID stuff come down and it changes the world, at least for the time being, uh, and it creates a little bit of chaos. Yeah. I, I'm reminded of Shinzu's quote, right? Shinzu says, where there's chaos, there's opportunity. And at the highest levels, in the highest tiers, the focus has been consistently on what's the opportunity. And let me tell you, there's a ton of opportunity right now. And so for March and April, if I go through and I look at everybody in tiers three and higher, so that's everybody that does 75 units a year and more, uh, the vast majority, virtually all of them, not everyone, but the vast majority of them had their best months ever in March and April. Best months ever in their entire career in terms of number of transactions closed and in terms of number of transactions written and pended. And why is that when a lot, and oftentimes in tier one, and I'll say there's, it's about 50-50 in tier one, in tier one, which is zero to 25 units a year, those folks, we, we've seen a very different paradigm. Half of them have figured out how to find the opportunity in the chaos. The other half have not, have, 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 have struggled to turn the corner. So they've, they've struggled to find that opportunity. Uh, and again, it's very prevalent in tier one where it's not as prevalent in tiers three and higher. Uh, and so I think for the first thing we've got to ask ourselves is what's our mindset. If we want to yeah. get past this, if we really want to make money, if we really want to survive this, and look, I don't want to be callous to what's going on out there. Certainly we understand that there's people that have real health issues and, you know, family members that have died and, and, and that have been impacted. And I, and I get that. And I don't want to minimize that at all. That said, we as human beings on this planet need to get productive right now. And what's happened is those agents in that tier three and higher category, by and large, have figured out, how can I be productive? I'm doing virtual showings. I'm doing virtual listing appointments. I'm still making my calls. I'm just, instead of setting face-to-face -face appointments, I'm setting virtual appointments. Uh, but I'm still doing the, all the things I used to do. I'm just doing them differently, and I have to do them more safely now. Uh, so 
can I, you know, because I got a question. You're, you're real, I, I'm fast. I like how you broke in. I haven't ever heard another coaching company who's breaking it down into tiers or even categories. Now, I'm sure many coaching companies probably look at their roster of, of clients and they have some way of, of breaking it down. But you seem to not only break it down, but then you seem to coach to the tier. Oh, yeah. And you probably are trying to help people level up to the next tier, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In my belief in coaching, you know, I, I, for whether somebody's doing 100 deals, whether somebody's doing 30 deals, whether somebody's doing 300 deals, with the exception of being a good leader, um, uh, understanding delegation, um, the activities that one does and the size of the database. So the size of the database, maybe leadership skills um, and, and, uh, and, and things like that, the activities are about the same. Like there's only so many ways. The top person gets a listing from so many different pillars, just like the the producer that's coming up in tier one is going to get listings from those same exact different pillars. If we all know what those pillars are, then what's really the difference? What, why is tier three producing or not impacted um, uh, with things like COVID-19 nearly as much as, as tier one? What do you think the differences are? Because it's not the pillars. Brother, we are going to be good friends. I can tell already. You are speaking my language. Okay. So really, let's, let's start with. There's three things, three, that every single business owner, I don't care if you're in real estate mortgage, insurance, selling HVAC equipment, putting, you know, installing hardwood floors, every single business on this planet has to do three things every single day, no matter what, or they're out of business. Number one, they got to generate leads. That's got to happen every day in some way. Now, that doesn't mean you have to cold call or call physicals or expect, but somehow there's over 2,000 lead sources in real estate today somehow you have to generate leads every single day. If you fail to do that, you're out of business before you started, right? And these people that say, oh, but Michael, I just do business by referral. I get all my business by referral. Listen, good luck. Go look back. If you weren't in the business in 2008, go back and look at 2008. And you tell me what happened to the referral-based business in 2008. I'll tell you what happened. It went away. And it always does when the market shifts because people stop caring about doing their cousin Jeff or a solid and they care more about getting what they need to get for their house or getting the job done. And they're a lot more picky about who they'll list with or who they'll do business with. So, and again, I love referral based business and I'm not suggesting that we not do it. We need to do it, but that's one pillar. And what happens is in a shifting market and like it or not, we're in a shifting market now. And in the next 24 months, we're going to see major changes as that happens. People that rely solely on their referral-based business are going to struggle. People, however, who have built out a ton of different lead sources, and we recommend building one new lead source every quarter. So it takes about three months to identify the next one you're going to do, to get it in place, to get it automated to the extent possible, to delegate as much as you possibly can, and to eliminate all the nonsense in it, and then move on to the next one. It takes about three months to get all that in place. So every three months, you should add a new one. So every year, you should ever get four really solid lead sources on your belt. To do seven figures in net income, well, let's start with six. To do six figures in net income, and I'm saying net, not gross. Six figures in net income consistently, you're going to want 10 to 15 solid lead sources. And that will get you through virtually any market. To do seven figures consistently and be able to get through just about any market, you want 20 to 25 lead sources. So and it doesn't take much more now. And it's not the lead sources that everybody thinks is. And you have to understand when it comes to lead sources, there's 
higher ROI lead sources and there's lower ROI lead sources. There's faster cash conversion cycle lead sources and there's longer cash conversion cycle lead sources. And generally the faster the cash conversion cycle, the lower the ROI and the longer the cash conversion cycle, the higher the ROI. So you have to balance it and you slowly over the years, and this is where you see top teams really crushing it. Slowly over the years, they start to transition from chasing business to attracting business. And then they transition from you know, the short uh, cash conversion cycle lead sources that are low ROI to longer cash conversion cycle lead sources that are higher ROI and their net income goes up as a percentage of the growth. So that's it. Lead generation is number one. Gotta have it. And we talked earlier at the end of today, uh, I'll give you guys, everybody that's watching this, I'll give everybody the opportunity to get, we've got a list of about 109 lead sources that we recommend out of the 2,000 or so that are out there. I'll give you guys a list of the 17 that we, that there are 17 of our top ones. Um, but that said, let's, the next thing, first thing is lead generation. The next thing that you gotta do is lead follow-up. And, and it's funny because, you know, you talk about lead generation, for example, companies like real this is way too, this is way too difficult. Okay. Way too difficult, but <laughs> know, please right? go ahead. Please keep sharing. But this is very <laughs> difficult for me to understand. <laughs> Crazy how easy it is. Right. Yeah. So like Realtor.com and Zillow, they came out and they said, look, real estate as an industry sucks at lead generation. So we're just going to do it for them. We're going to take their data. We're going to generate leads and we're going to sell the leads back to the agents and they'll pay us for it. And everybody's like, oh no, we're not going to do that. And all of a sudden, guess what? Everybody did. Uh And so all of a sudden, these companies grew massively. What they figured out was the only thing that real estate as an industry sucks at worse than lead generation is lead follow-up. And so they said, well, hey, why don't we just offer that to them? Welcome to, you know, OpCity and uh, Zillow Concierge, right? And so now they start selling us lead follow-up. And agents don't get the chance to pay for that, right? Well, agents, by, in, by and large, want to be able to write a, a little check and get a bigger check. And that's, that's what their perception a lot of times of the industry is. Well, to an extent, that's true. But you have to understand that that's low ROI, short cash conversion cycle, right? Which is fine in the beginning. But over time, we've got to transition to learning how to market for ourselves and getting higher ROI and running a higher profitability business. So lead follow-up is critical. And I can tell you this, lead follow-up boils down to a couple of things. Super simple. Number one on lead follow-up is speed to lead. Mm-hmm. The single most important thing about lead follow-up is how fast you get to lead. Number one buyer of Realtor.com leads in the country is a guy named Robert Slack. He's a good guy. He'll spend $12 million on Realtor.com leads this year. He's got 450 agents on his team. Now that sounds crazy. This guy's got the biggest team in the country by far. He'll close 6,000 transactions this year. Um, his seed to lead right now, six seconds. Six seconds. Lead comes in. The system automatically calls lead and, and connects that lead to one of his ISAs in six seconds. That's fast. I will say this. The average agent needs to get their number down below 30 seconds. You don't need to get to six, but you need to get below 30 seconds. Five minutes is too long. In, mm-hmm. in the first five minutes, a typical, a typical lead has received calls from four to five agents in the first five minutes. So you can't wait five minutes anymore. You got to be all over. And, and so the second thing is tenacity of follow-up. So first is speed to lead. Second is tenacity of follow-up. Most agents give up after the first or second call. The money is made on the eighth to the 10th call. Mm-hmm. And I don't give up until 21 calls. I will call a lead with no response 21 times before I'll give up on them. And so now you start looking at these numbers and then you ask yourself, well, how do I follow up, right? 
And this is mission critical. Now we're talking, now we get start getting into to the lead conversion cycle. It's where lead follow-up and lead conversion needs. Lead conversion, by the way, is the third thing, right? So you got lead generation, lead follow-up, and lead conversion are the three things that every business has to do every single day. So when I follow up with that lead, let's say I get an internet lead. And, and if you guys, if, if, if people watching this aren't getting internet leads today, welcome to 2020. I mean, come on, like, where are you at? You got to be getting internet leads at some level, whether you're generating them or you're buying them. If you're not online, what are you doing? 92% of all buyers start their search online. Of those, 72% work with the first agent they come in contact with. That's a National Association of Realtors statistic. I'm not making this up. These are easy numbers, right? You could be a complete moron, and if you're the first person that person talks to you, you've got a decent chance of doing business with them. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, were you getting ready to say something? No, I, I'm, I'm taking notes. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, seriously, you don't have to be the, a rocket science to do business with these folks as long as you are fast and you deliver. And so that said, let's say that I get an internet lead. It comes in. I call that lead up. They don't answer the phone, right? So I don't even look the lead up, by the way, until I hit send on my phone. I want to dial the phone. I can look it up while it's dialing. So mm -hmm. they don't answer the phone. What do I do? Most agents leave a message, right? Worst thing you can do. Don't leave a message. Hang up the freaking phone and then dial them again. Yeah, it's called double the double dial. dial. Yep. There you go. Double dial them immediately. Now, when I do my double dial, what if they don't answer again? Still don't leave a message. Now, here's where it gets ninja, right? This is freaking killer. I mean, this, this literally works 83% of the time. You will get them to respond. So put yourself in their shoes, right? I've called this lead. This person receives a call from me. They're probably, a lot of people are parents, right? So if they've got kids and they receive a call from a number they don't recognize, the person doesn't leave, you know, they don't answer, the person doesn't leave a message. They get this another call from the same number. They don't answer. The person doesn't leave a message. They don't recognize this number. And all of a sudden, I'm going to give you the three-word text message you send that will get them to respond 83% of the time. You ready for it? Please call me. Three words. Write these down. Is this in whatever name they registered with? Is this Susie? Right? And here's what, they're, here's what they're saying. They're saying to themselves, what's going on? Like, one of my kids is either in jail or in the hospital. Depends on which kid it is. Right? So they're freaking out. They're, they want to get on the phone with you. They're picking up that call. And so they're going to say almost every time they will respond with, yes, who is this? To which you give them another three-word text. Super simple calling you now that's it and let me tell you they will pick up the phone now and from there you go into lead conversion is this making sense so far i think i, I think oh. your screen froze yeah that's good there stuff go. okay so so let's talk lead conversion for just a second can i can i jump into that for a second mm -hmm. All right, so on the lead conversion side, here's the problem. As an industry, we are worse at lead conversion than drug dealers. We suck at it. Even the dumbest people on the planet, the people that are dealing drugs, they're, they're selling something to their clients that can kill their clients, and yet they're better at lead conversion than we are. And here's why. They know something that real estate agents don't know. Can you guess what it is? What, what is their pitch? What's the pitch that the drug dealer uses? And I've never done drugs, but I've heard about this, right? So what what, what is the pitch they use? Um, well, they got the product. 
right? And so it gets you hooked on their product right away. Yep. So it's super simple. Here's what they do. First one's free, then you got to pay. What do real estate agents do? Real estate agents say, oh, before I show you houses, you got to be pre-qualified. You got to be pre-approved. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't want to waste my time. That is the worst thing a real estate agent can do. That's a terrible move. If somebody wants to see a house, here's your response. Would you like to see it at four or would five o'clock be better for you? That's it. And if it's, and, and I know people right now are saying, oh, but Michael, in our market, we're on lockdown. We can't go show them a house. Then you do it virtually, but you still set the appointment to show it to them virtually. Yeah. So, so get the, get the, uh, eliminate the, the, long sales cycle of trying to do all of the things, all the steps that you believe have to happen between now and writing a contract, stop trying to fast forward to here until we write a contract, get them locked in, meet their need, and then go back and you can do the rest of the work as you, as you progress in the, in the lead cycle. hundred percent. Watch this. Brandon, you ever been on a blind date? Long time ago. Okay, good. All right. So let's think back to a long time ago when you and I were young and we were going on blind dates with people and stuff. Did you walk up to the front door, knock on the door, and when she opened the door, did you dive right in for a kiss? No. No. What did you do? You brought her flowers, you took her to dinner, you took her to a movie, and maybe, maybe at some point you held her hand. Maybe, right? If things were going really well. But real estate agents with their leads today, they're trying to make out with people on the front door. Like you haven't even taken a dinner yet. What are you thinking? Develop rapport with them, develop a relationship with them, bring them some kind of value for goodness sakes before you go diving in for the kiss. Yeah. And I think that's a confusion sometimes that when you hear, um, when agents hear speed to lead, they interpret that as speed to what I want and speed to what I want, what the buyer wants. And that those aren't, those two aren't the same. They don't go together all the time. They almost never go together. In fact, you have such a better chance of getting what you want. If you'll just get them what they want right now, don't worry about now. You got to begin with the end in mind, right? We got to be thinking about what is the long-term game plan? What do we want to accomplish long-term? But Right now, right in this moment, what matters most is what do they want next? What do we need to do for them right now? And when we deliver that for them, they'll start to trust us a little bit. And when we, and then we deliver what they want next, and then what they want next. We know what steps they're going to go through, but don't skip steps because when you skip steps, you break rapport. And when you break rapport, you eliminate your chances of doing business with this person. They'll just go find somebody that they are in rapport with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I wrote down, Michael, that the lead gen, lead follow-up, lead conversion, those are what every business has to do every single day. Those are also the things right now that I see this, what it's going to take to be successful in each step has changed significantly in each one of those steps right now. And I see big blind spots with where the, maybe what agents used to do that work till now. So can you maybe hit on a couple of things? Because I, I, the people that are adopting the change immediately are going to have an advantage for a little bit of time. Then everybody's going to catch up 
when there's change, they catch up and now we're going to be even for a while. So advantage to even, and then at some point there's going to be people that don't and they're going to be behind. So what, what are those adjustments right now in those three areas? I think we're already there, by the way. I think we're already at that point where there's a lot of people that are now behind. And they, they may not even realize it, uh, but I'll tell you that it, for, for the last 60, 70 days, we've had our clients doing things that have created a massive pipeline for them at a time when most agents' pipelines have been drying up. Uh, and so I think it's, and, I, and by the way, I don't want to say it's too late. I don't believe in too late. I think it's always, there's always time or there's always an opportunity to change and correct bad behavior, right? And bad behavior meaning, you know, if your business is behaving badly, right? If your business is not doing what you want to do, you can turn it around. You just got to make that decision that by golly, right now I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make it successful no matter what right now, because I'm not going to settle for anything less. So the, the difference is, and you talked about what we used to do versus what we do today. The core principles still work, right? So all the same stuff that we used to do still works. It's, the difference is how we do it has changed, right? So for example, reaching out to people still works. We've just changed how we reach out to people, right? Reaching out to and helping a for sale by owner, for example, still works. We just approach those people differently with a different USP and different methods. Uh, and, and we're doing, I'll, I'll give you an example. In California, uh, nah, it's probably first of March or you know, first week in March, had a client that, uh, or what do I, I can't remember when the announcement came down from the president, but when, whenever everything shut down, it was mm -hmm. literally that week, one of our clients in California uh, was calling an expired listing and uh, reached out to this expired listing and said, hey, let's get together. And the guy says, well, we can't, right? He says, no, 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 we'll do it on Zoom. We'll do our, we'll do our listing appointment on Zoom. Million, uh, the guy had his house listed for a million six with the previous agent. Our guy gets on, on, on Zoom with him, does his full listing print just as if he was sitting in the living room. So he had the guy walk the camera, you know, his phone through the house to show the agent the house. And then after the guy walked him around and showed him everything about the house, then our listing agent did exactly what he would have done in a normal listing presentation, followed his system to a T, and then went for the close. And not only did he get the listing, he got it for a lower price Excellent. and 2% higher commission than the agent that had it listed before. Wow. Guy was blown away by how professional this agent was and how he was able to successfully negotiate and, and navigate this process online mm -hmm. uh and, and it was a, it was a no range so yeah i mean there's tons of tons of opportunity out there right now if we just think a little bit differently and, and here's the problem right there's there's two types of people out there there's there's people that focus on what can happen and there's people that focus on what can't happen or why it can't happen there, you know, in, in Japanese, there's the, there, there's these kanjis, right? These characters that make up words and the, the kanji for uh, crisis is made up of, uh, uh, is made up of two words, danger and opportunity, right? So if you think about it, there's people out there that are always focused on the danger ahead and all the things we got to be careful of. And there's also people that are always focused on the opportunity ahead and what we need mm -hmm. to focus on. The key here is this, be the one that's focused on the opportunity. Also make sure that you are, are doing it in a way that does not expose you to danger. 
or an unnecessary amount of danger. So do it in a safe way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and I think the other side of that is understand that the people that you're interacting with on a daily basis are one of the two. So you have to be versatile. Right. You got to have the That's versatility, right. which if you, if you went into the month of March with a challenge with versatility in your business or your mindset or um, anything like that, you've been, you have uh, had 60 days to really practice it. So I think that's a, you know, that's, that's something right. going forward. You really got to pay attention to. Um, I wrote down here. Um, I think the consumer now coming out of this is demanding so much more in terms of skills. You mentioned earlier, I think the cousin Jethro getting the deal right. going forward from now on is probably going to be a little bit tougher. They're going to demand the skills and they're also they're also open to so many different ways of communicating. You mentioned with with the virtual and things like that. We've been getting incredible responses from the virtual presentations that we'll do for maybe buyers that aren't in the market yet, and we're trying to get one step deeper in the relationship before they get inundated with those six other calls. So as soon as they're finished with that initial call, we're getting them something that gets them a little further ahead. In, in that relationship building and put some top of mind. What do you, what do you, for the, for the agent right now, that's still a little resistant to, you know, I, I know we got to communicate in all ways. And I know the virtual presentation is important. What do you, how do you coach them? How do you coach your coaches to coach them? So and, and how do we, co how do we coach our coaches to coach them to being more comfortable with virtual presentations? Is that well, to, to just, yeah, to being um, more versatile in the way that they're going to have to communicate. Because if you think back like 60 days ago, you might have somebody that is like, you know, they have no interest in talking over video or watching a video you do or anything else. And in that last 60 days, their employer may have been communicating with them. They may have to communicate with their employees. Everybody's had to change. And going forward, this is it. We were forced into this new way. And so if you don't jump on board, you're, you're going to be out of luck soon, or you're already out of luck. And that's the truth. And so when, with our clients, one of the luxuries that we have is by and large, when someone's paying for one-on-one -on -one coaching, they're generally coachable. Right? That's, I mean, they're, that's they're, a great point. <laughs> yeah. And so... So we don't have to do a lot of convincing our clients to do this, that, or the other. And, and again, part of the reason is because every one of our coaches sells more real estate than the people they coach. So if you're doing 100 transactions a year and your coach is doing 250 transactions a year and yep. they tell you to do some, you're probably going to do it, right? Yep. And so now you may not be comfortable with it at first. You may need help learning how to do it. You may need to step-by-step, -step, walk me through it, role play with me, you know, whatever. Like we'll do all of that. The client, though, starts off with a mindset of coachability. You know, there's, there's really two types of coaching out there. Let's start there. There's accountability coaching, which is, you know, where, you're, where your coach calls you up every week and says, you know, you get a half-hour call once a week and they call you up and say, wow, you know, how many calls do you make? How many contacts? How many appointments do you set? How many contracts do you Okay, great. Go make more calls. You can do it. Right? Like, that's, that's what a lot of people think of as coaching. That is not what we do. That's the other guys. Our clients, they don't need babysitting, all right? If, if you need babysitting, don't call us. We're not the right company for you. Our clients are professionals. They're people that, they, don't, they, they are already motivated. They're focused. They just need help understanding where are the holes in my business? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to plug those holes? 
How do I get to the next step? And give me step by step. You know, don't tell me to hire an assistant. Tell me, here's the ads that you run. Here's where you run the ads. Here's the checklist for how to hire an assistant. Here's the system for how to hire an assistant. Here's a contract you should have. Like, give me every step. Spoon feed it to me so that all I got to do is go do it or have my staff go do it. That's our client. So we're spoiled in the sense that we don't have to convince our clients to do virtual presentations. We just tell them, it's time to do virtual presentations. Here's how. And they do it. And yeah. they crush it because of that. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a big distinction too in, um, you know, growth is, is part accountability. Some people have it already, you know, it's already built into their DNA itself. You know, they've got the, the self accountability and that sounds like that's your ideal client is somebody that they've got the discipline, they see the results and they just need more ideas and more somebody who's already been there, which is, man, that is, that's critical right now because everybody's a coach of something, right? And in most of them, the reason the agents fail is because the person coaching them has never actually done what they're coaching. It's all theory. It's all from a book. So clearly, um, where did, I'm just curious on a personal level, where did that, where did, was that from what you saw other people getting or how did you decide that, you know, we're going to, we're actually going to make sure that they are being coached by somebody one who's in production, still in production and is doing significantly more because the benefits are clear. The benefits are huge. And that was from day one foundational for us. So our, our philosophy is if you want to climb to the top of Mount Everest, you need a guide who's actually been to the top been of Mount there, Everest yeah. before, right? Who knows where the crevasses are, who knows which route to take, who knows how to keep you alive when the oxygen gets thin. Like, who's going to do this for you? Who's going to help you navigate this? And, and when you have that right person and the right ecosystem, all of a sudden now you can shave five to 10 years off the learning curve and you can yeah. save hundreds of thousands of dollars on mistakes that you make. Yeah. So where it started for me was when I got into business uh, back in 1991. So I've been, it'll be 30 years this March. Uh, so to, to date myself a little bit. Um, but uh, when I got back, when I got into business, I said to myself, look, I want to make a hundred, back then a hundred thousand dollars a year was a lot of money. right?" Mm -hmm. I said, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I'm not going to take advice from anybody that makes less than a hundred thousand dollars a year selling real estate. And it worked. Uh, you know, that really served me well. And I got coaches. I had, you know, I, all the big names you'd recognize, you know, my first coach back when I was, uh, 20 years old or 21 years old was Mike Ferry. Uh, my next one, you know, then I capped out there and I got as far as I could get. And this is my starter coach from Brian McPhee. Learned a lot from both of them, by the way. Uh, both great guys, great systems, great information. Um, but as I, as I got further and further along, I started to realize, Hey, wait a minute. At some point I can only make so many calls in a day. At some point, I only have so many people to draw from for referrals. I got to do other stuff, right? So I, yes, I need to do those things. And I need to do these other things as well. Mm -hmm. And I need to learn how to run a business. And I need to learn how to scale. And I need to learn how to be a great team leader because I'm going to have to grow a team if I want to have a life. And I don't want to have to, you know, like when I'm on vacation, I want to be making money. And so that's, that's how we started bringing this all together. And then we realized that, you know, again, that, there were people out there that were doing it. There weren't very many, but there were some people out there that were doing it and finding those people and only taking advice from them yeah. was paramount for breaking through those glass ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great point. And I call that, that that's, that's your new normal. And you can, you can start right. wherever you surround yourself. That's what you're going to play up to. And I was really fortunate. I mean, when I got in business in 2006, um, 
I was shadowing somebody. I've been with Greg the entire time of my career. And I came in and um, one of the guys that, uh, that I was shadowing at the time, I was like, I'm doing the math and I'm seeing he's doing 85 deals a year. And I'm thinking, man, this is pretty good. I'm, I could, that's where I want to be. And um, didn't realize until I've been in the office for about 90 days that not only was he on track for the number one agent in the office, but he was going to be the number one in the market. So I think back and go, what if I would have shown up and the number one agent in the office was doing 25 deals? Well, that's what my normal would have been. That's what I would have played to. And I would have figured it out. I confident I would have figured it out. I would have got to the production that I wanted to do, but at what cost, how many extra years, how many extra struggles in spending money in, and I think that's what you're saying. Freaking love you guys. I mean, you are so <laughs> speaking my language. So I've got one of my, one of my guys that's on my team. Uh, so I had 16 agents on my team and uh, one of them, his name's David. Uh, he's an Olympic wrestler, by the way, he's on the Olympic wrestling team. One point, so he's a competitive guy. And he and his brother both uh, worked with me. His brother was uh, the national judo champion. Uh, so these guys are no joke, right? They know, they understand discipline. They understand coaching. They understand focus. Uh, and they had, were not in real estate. They came to work on my team as listing agents. I could tell right away. And listing agents are very different than buyer agents. And that's a, maybe a discussion for another time. Maybe we'll have time to talk about it. I don't know, but they're two very different things. Uh, these guys were clearly going to be listing agents. And so David, I'll use him as an example. As he came onto my team, our expectation was you list 10 homes a month. That's the minimum. If you don't list 10 homes a month, you're not a listing agent on my team, right? And what that requires is three appointments a day. So you will set three appointments a day and you will list 10 homes a month. Well, David was very consistently 10 to 15 homes a month. So we go, we, we went to one of the local, uh, we work at all brands, right? But a local Keller Williams office had uh, asked us to come do a, a little class for their agents. And after the class, as we were talking about all this stuff, these agents started coming up to David saying, 10 to 15 transactor listings a month, you're crushing it three appointments a day. Oh my gosh, how are you doing that? And he's, and he's kind of looking at him, he's like, you're not? Like just trying like, to keep my job. Yeah, like isn't that normal? Like, like it, it, to him, it just seemed like that's just how it's done. Yeah. To them, it was like this huge epiphany, and it really comes down to what you expect you get. Yeah. And the compound effect then over the next five, ten years is just—it's astronomical. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, but but it all starts with discipline, right? It all starts with daily discipline. So I, if there's one word, if I could break success down into one word, I hope everybody's got a pen. If you're watching this right now, write this down. This is the one word you want to be successful. It's habits. I don't care about anything else. You, I, I'll give you an example. You can have a crappy attitude. If you've got, the, if you've got the right habits, you'll do some business, right? Mm -hmm. But you can have the best attitude. If you got crappy habits, you're not doing anything. You're out of business, right? And so if I look at your schedule for last week, show me your calendar from last week. I'll tell you how much money you're going to make this year. Yeah. Every time. Very Every true. time. It's, it's super simple. I can tell you, are you a six figure earner? Or are you a seven figure earner? By looking at your calendar, but, you know, or are you not even six figure earner? And, yeah. and look, I don't want people to misunderstand, but this is not all about money, you guys. And by the way, we talk, you know, when we talk about club wealth, Wealth is not just about money. Yes, that's one component, but there's five areas, five key areas in your life you've got to have wealth in, right? And wealth is defined as an abundance, right? So you got to balance and an abundance in each of these five key areas. Uh, there's your 
family, financial, business, health, both physical and mental, yep. and your spiritual life. So you've got all five of these areas you got to cultivate. And if any one of them gets out of balance, guess what? You're screwed, right? Yeah. Like all of them suffer. Every one of them. If you're, like, give me an example. If you're not getting along with your wife, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you're not getting along with your spouse, your world sucks. It is not happening. Like everything around you t- loses meaning when your relationship with your spouse is not in check. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, and more money makes it worse. Oh, dude, more it does. It's, <laughs> they say money is the leading cause of divorce. I wouldn't suggest that it's usually the lack of it either. Right. I would say oftentimes it's an abundance of money, but a lack of relational skills. It's yeah. a lack of be of really cultivating that relationship. And that's a whole, oh my gosh, we could talk forever about that. Yeah. I, I love, I'm glad you made that distinction because those, the, it is, it is more than, um, than just money. And interestingly, when you, when you fix the other stuff, then the money seems to come a lot easier, um, most of the time. So, um, we're, this has been great. And I, there's no doubt you're going to, you're going to have to come back because there's, we unpacked probably four or five things that we didn't even get to that I've got notes and stuff on. I want to talk with you about, um, I want to, I want to, as we kind of wrap it up here, I want to go through a, one other question. And that would be like right now, um, we know there's, there, this is, there is so much opportunity coming out of this last 60 days for people to make big gains in their business. But there's also, there's some, there's some pitfalls out there. If people don't make adjustments, um, shifting market, nobody knows for sure what's happening. Give me two or three things that if you're telling people right now that are a little bit concerned about their business, a little bit, you know, I'm a little uncertain still what's happening. They need that extra push aside from, I'm going to, I'm going to handicap you. The market doesn't matter for the top producers, for the winners, the market doesn't matter what's happening. You take control of what you do. You can't use that for your answer. What are two or three things that somebody needs to be focused on right now to make sure that they get everything that they deserve out of, out of whatever the next 12 to 18 months brings? Uh, super simple. Uh, so that being said, here's the deal. There's three things. Or actually, there's, well, let's back up. <laughs> you want to change your world right now. You want to make it through this shift. You want to come out on top instead of getting rolled over like a steamroller. Here's what you got to do. Number one, you got to address your habits. That's the number one thing you got to do. You got to get your habits down there, and that means lead generation, lead follow, lead conversion every single day. You got to make those daily habits. Now, you also have to develop the habit of being profitable. That's a, and that's a habit. It's not just a thing that either happens or doesn't happen. It needs to be a habit of being profitable. Yeah. Your clients need you to be profitable. If you're not profitable, you're not going to be there to serve them. I don't care how altruistic you are. I don't care how great your service is. If you fail to be profitable, you're going to be freaking learning a new script. Here's the new script you'll be learning. Would you like fries with that? Mm-hmm. Like that That's not the script you want to be using. So we definitely need to get profitable. And then the, the, the final habit you've got to get into is you've got to get into the habit of having that balance we talked about. So it all comes down to your habits. Now, all of that can be accomplished with what we call your perfect daily schedule. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to live the perfect day every day. That means that you're going to design out a schedule that for you is going to be as close to perfect as possible. For you is going to is going to drive you towards success no matter what. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's and like so it. you've got to design out that schedule. And, then, and it might start with get up on time. 
right? Yeah. Take your time. And I'm going to suggest get up early. Like yep. stop this getting up at five o'clock stuff, right? Or, or I'm sorry, five o'clock, you know, like 10 o'clock in the morning kind of stuff, right? Or some people like to wake up at the crack of noon. That's not me, right? Yep. Get up earlier. Uh, I would suggest that you need to be in your office no later than 7.30 every morning. You want to make some money? You want to start? You want to come out of this on top? I can tell you across the board that at some point in their career, the top earners in this industry for a, for a period of time while they were growing their business got up early and they were in the office every day when nobody else was and they were the last ones to leave when nobody else was there. And I'm not telling you that's got to be forever, but I'm telling you, you got to pay the price in the short term. And yeah. now is the time. Now is the time. Great. And well, and I know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that is a great wrap up for this. And I know you have got an offer for the people that are listening to give us that. So we can, I know it had something to do with lead sources. You said, I do. Let me do this. I'm going to share my screen here real quick. And I'm just going to show you. So I'm going to give you guys 17 of my best lead sources. Can you see that screen right there with that? Yep. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. This is called an ethical bribe, right? So I like I'd love it. to connect with you guys. I really would. So I'm going to offer you what's called an ethical bribe. That means I'm going to give you something you really want and need that will help you in a big way in exchange for what I want. And all I want is I want the chance to reach out to you. Uh, first of all, what I'll tell you I'm going to do, and by the way, I'm not going to reach out to you to try to sell something. I'm actually going to give you two ethical bribes. Ethical bribe number one, I'm going to give you 17 of my best lead sources. Um, and we recommend, there's about 109 that we recommend to our clients. I'm going to give you 17 of the best ones. And for those of you that do this right now, while we're still live on the webinar, I'll actually give you 31 of them. For those of you that wait until after this, or if you're watching this recording, I'll still give you the 17. Um, but I want you to text the word club wealth or two words, club wealth, club space wealth. Text that to 727-287-5993. Again, it's 727-287-5993. Text it right now, and I'll send you 31 of my best lead sources. If you wait until after we're done, it'll be 17. Now, that said, here's what's going to happen, full transparency, right? We're going to reach out to you. But when we reach out to you, it's not going to be to sell you something. It's going to be to offer you something that's even going to take us to the next level for you. We're going to offer you a free coaching call with one of our coaches, not some salesperson, but a coach, someone who sells more real estate than you do. We will do this one time per year for you for free. It's a 55-minute call, and that coach will pull apart your business. They'll take a look at it. They'll pick it apart. They'll figure out what's working, what's not working, where you can improve, how you need to fill the holes, and they'll give you a roadmap for the next 12 months for free on that if you just follow that roadmap, you'll get to wherever it is you're trying to go. And that's, again, all part of that process. They'll do it in 55 minutes. Absolutely free. So when our guys call you up and say, hey, did you get the lead down here? Did you get the lead sources? Then if, if you didn't, they're going to make sure you got it. Then they're going to say, would you like a call with one of our coaches? Say yes. Yeah. And when you say yes to that, they'll schedule that up and away you go. And, awesome. and by the way, it's not a sales pitch either. It's, it's like you have to ask them about coaching or they're not going to tell you about it. So. Well, it can't be a sales pitch because you already told us. Right, exactly right. Those were going to be sold. So. That's great. Thank you very much for that. And I'll leave that. Uh, I think you can still see that. So anybody who's watching this, the uh, uh, text the club well to it, and you'll still get it even after the call. So Michael, we will definitely have to uh, connect again and um, unpack some, some more things to talk about. And, and I know you're going to uh, finish up 2020 strong. So I wish you the best with all that. And thank you again for hopping on with us. I appreciate you having me. Seriously, it's cool what you guys are doing here. And I hope that the audience, if you guys are so with us here, I want you to hear this. I want you to appreciate what these guys are doing for you. 
they don't pay that, you know, they don't get paid to have you be on these podcasts or these webinars. They're doing this to bring value to the industry. That's a big deal. And it's guys like that. That's what a thought leader really is, right? A thought leader isn't someone who gets paid a bunch of money to do this, that, or the other. A thought leader is somebody who genuinely cares and who's coming out with new ideas and bringing valuable content to you on a regular basis. And that's what you guys are doing. So good for you guys. I'm Yeah, we appreciate those words and, and you as well. Thank you again, Michael. And for uh, everyone else, we look forward to talking with you soon.